everyone, and welcome back to Sam and Deli Discuss Things. Today we have a stunning episode, but first, Ellie, I just wanted to say, I've been on my cooking hike this weekend. As we all know, I do love a batch cook. Oh, really? Yeah, Is it I your do. allocated cooking weekend for the month? It is, it is. And I put a little uh, video on the Instagram last night don't know if you saw um and yeah I just thought I'd let the world know what I'm actually cooking on this episode here I'm so intrigued about this because I want to know what is it that you're cooking with all those amazing ingredients please tell me (laughs) well there were quite a few things there um so don't get overwhelmed by this because there is a lot so I'm doing a stuffed butternut squash (gasps) which has like I, I don't even know what it's got in it, you know. I think it's got... Sounds um, amazing. Oh, it, honestly, it looks amazing as well. I'll put a link to it in the Wakelet collection for this episode. Um, yeah, but there's a couple of recipes for stuffed butternut squashes in some of my books, and I've I've never tried them, but I've always wanted to. So you have to yeah, let me know how it is. Yeah, them in. Um, but this one's got, like, uh, chestnut mushrooms... Mm-hmm. parsley bulgogi vine ripened tomatoes and you know what you roast it it's got leeks in it as well you roast it with the skin on it Ooh. and then you're like the skin's like a bit of a bowl from what it looks like anyway i'm not gonna divulge too much because this isn't about this <laughs> um, some of the recipes i'll be doing are a roasted carrot risotto with a little nice. bit of white wine in it we love a little bit of white wine in a recipe Dream. it actually wanted a vegan sherry but what am I going to do with a vegan sherry? So I just thought, get a bottle of wine, I can drink the best. And then we've got a vegan vegetable curry. Classic. Nice. Classic, that. not much to say on that one. Just a classic curry. Sounds, sounds lovely. Um, nondescript flavours. Just got some aubergine and courgette in there. Mm. Um, I'm making a lovely Thai green and I'm using This Isn't Chicken in there. Because I love that. I think it has a bit of a weird smell when you open the packet. They're making absolute moves. Yeah, I'm not surprised because honestly, nothing compares to you, my love. <laughs> so much. Um, doing another chickpea stew like last month because it's fantastic for lunches. Really enjoyed taking that into work with me. Nice. Um, we've got a creamy korma style sweet potato soup that'll also mm. kind of go towards lunches. And then with all of the leftover veg from all of these meals, I'll be making a big hearty veggie lentil whole wheat pasta to go. Nice. That sounds like my kind of food. I love that. All of it. it sounds lovely. Stunning. Very diverse, very healthy, all the veg. Yeah. But here's the thing, right? That's a lot. And I understand why people might not be able to do that. But that's why today's episode is so exciting. Yes. Because we are joined by... We're joined by the lovely Millie, who um, founded a business with her fiancé during during sort of lockdown, in so about six months ago in November, called Cherky, which does ready cooked meals and delivers them via electric vans throughout London um, in reusable or recyclable or biodegradable packaging and um, yes. She's just an all-round legend. And she has, you know, her business is fantastic. They've really gone, they've really expanded with leaps and bounds and she came on today to tell us 
all about um, how she started and how it's going. How she started um, and like just all sorts of different things, really. All things. All things food. <laughs> all things food, all things Cherky. All so things- without further ado, <laughs> let's jump right in. Hi Millie, um, welcome. Um, so I guess we should start with if you'd just like to introduce yourself and tell us a bit about you and what you're doing now. Oh thank you, I'm really excited to be doing this. Um, so yeah my name's Millie and I co-founded um, Turkey which is a sustainable meal delivery service currently operating across London but hopefully um, we'll be expanding our reach soon. Um, and we launched in November last year after coming up with the idea in lockdown. So it's all pretty fresh and new, but very exciting. So it's quite new then, relatively, quite recent. Yeah, very. Um, so I think I was trying to do my maths and work out when when the idea kind of first first came about. And I think it must have been around a year ago now, so spring in 2020, during the first lockdown. And so I founded the, the business with my fiancé, Leandro, um and yeah it was basically one of those real kind of kitchen table startup stories where we literally did flesh pretty much everything out at our kitchen table slash home office because it was locked down and we were just stuck in our small flat <laughs> um and yeah it's just kind of been a bit of a snowball effect and gone from there so between spring and november last year we were just getting everything in place and there were a lot of moments where I was like, wow, we're really, we're really doing this. Here we go. And then we, and then we launched in November and it's, it's been great so far. So why, why did the idea come about? It was, it mostly came from Leandro actually, um, especially in lockdown, we very quickly got like what I would call cooking fatigue. So it's kind of spending all this time in your house and um, he and I both work very hard. Um, I've now left my old role um, to be at Turkey full time, but he um, runs another business as well. He runs an agency and quite often it would come to the end of the day and really the last thing we'd want to think about would be going to the shops and cooking and then cleaning everything up. And obviously there is a joy in cooking and, and that will never go away. I do love spending time slowly preparing a lovely meal, but um, just sort of day to day in the week or whether it's a, a lunch, we were just really struggling to kind of eat well um, without it really eating into our days. Um, but we found that the options out there were not quite fitting what we were looking for. So there are some great, um, you know, other meal delivery services across the UK, um, but quite often they come frozen instead of fresh. Um, so obviously that kind of requires you to remember to take things out of the freezer and defrost them or put them in the oven for quite a long time. Um, which wasn't really going to work for us, or they're very focused on, um, weight loss or, muscle gains and um that just wasn't again we weren't looking to lose weight or, or get especially um ripped um, so <laughs> so yeah and it was very much a case of we wanted something we couldn't find it so why not make it ourselves I, I know the feeling of like cooking fatigue because I love cooking more than anything and, and we were just talking about before we started recording um, how we like to get as many different foods in well you say you'd like to get as many different foods in your diet as possible and I'm the exact same um, but I know what you mean because sometimes you just get home from like um, or if you're in the office or you know finish work if you're from home and you're just like I just can't be bothered and it's just nice yeah. to have but it's also hard to find some stuff that's you know the 
the sort of ready meal that is well my you know my personal preference which is like sort of quite healthy but also not like high protein or anything like that um, yeah exactly kind of what I would call like balanced sustainable yeah. eating so you know it's not it's it's not a quick fix diet it's not it's not made for that at all it's supposed to be the kind of food that you can eat every day or you know a few times a week or whenever it is that you just need a helping hand mm. um and the meals are really varied and they are super fresh so we deliver them on the same day that they're made in the kitchen and then um there are no preservatives in there so it's literally as if someone has you've had you know I don't know a, a parent at home or a friend who's a great cook prepare you a bunch of meals for the week and pop and just kind of filled your fridge with them so That's it's so lovely nice. and they, they don't taste like ready meals they taste like home home I'm really fussy eater actually and I find some ready meals that make me feel a bit that not actually because they're fine but just thinking sometimes I overthink like what's in them and how they've been made on that like really large scale and it just kind of really puts me off because no, I'm like I don't oh, know what's mean. in there it's not um, so fresh sometimes you put quite a lot of preservatives yeah in stuff. exactly yeah. and so I know I know that ours are great so I, I kind of say to people like if I love eating them anyone will because I'm mm. I'm the fussiest person actually my mum is the fussiest person and she likes <laughs> them too so <laughs> so what sort of meals are they then I mean, I know so, I had a um, look on the website, but for all listeners. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got a real range. It kind of varies from like comfort foods. So we've got a, a cottage pie. We've got this um, meaty mac and cheese or this vegan mac and cheese um, to, to sort of lighter, more more vibrant dishes. We've got this lovely miso tofu, which has got vegetables and rice. Um Korean inspired prawns with kimchi and noodles. So it's a real mixture of everything. And we've got 20 meals on the menu and um, eight of those are vegan now. So mm -hmm. we're definitely seeing a high demand for vegan meals. Um, and it's been interesting because um, I thought that we would get orders from people either kind of meat on the meat side or omnivore side and then pure kind of vegan orders. But what we found is we get a, a orders with a real mix. And I think that's showing such a growing trend of people perhaps not necessarily going and taking the plunge and saying I'm vegan 100% and you know I'm putting myself out there as saying that but people are much more conscious of how much meat they're eating and perhaps consuming a bit more consciously and I think that's a really good sign mm -hmm. um because I'm a big believer that you know not not everyone needs to be 100% perfect but if we all were maybe 50% more sustainable in our choices and more conscious of what we were doing wow what a huge difference that would make definitely yeah it's music to my ears I love that so much that's what we believe as well episode one was all right. about you don't have to yeah. be a full, full vegan I think it can be really um I think sustainability is a real like hot potato and um people get quite um uncomfortable around it and and also sort of like back away because they don't feel that they are good enough to yeah say I care about the environment because then they're kind of worried that someone would be like oh do you well I saw that you know I saw that you've got a car in your driveway yeah. so, and it's like but, some people have to have a car you know yeah <laughs> but also I think as well like um when you chat about sustainability with people they kind of feel a little bit personally attacked because they might be like oh yes you know I'm question you know you're sort of questioning my life choices and I don't want to I don't yeah. want to question them it's a bit like anything and you do get a bit on the defensive and I've been yeah. guilty of that in the past you know I've been like you know well gosh it's got to be I, I am a big believer that um if we're ever going to make big steps towards change it's got to be accessible to everyone you know I mm -hmm. think 
it's easy for, for some people to live a very sustainable green life um, if they've got the financial means to make these kind of sustainable swaps, if they've got time and, um, and, and access to information and the education you need. But, you know, for most people, um, there are more pressing things. It, obviously, the, the world is the most important thing because the planet's the only one we've got. But it's, I think it's really naive to assume that people are going to view their life through that lens. Actually, what matters to most people is a roof over their head, feeding their families, paying their bills and being able to, to do things that make them happy. Those are the kind of key things and those are their priorities. So what we need to do is, is make a world where sustainability just happens to be a part of that as opposed to trying to convince everyone to change hundreds or thousands of years of, of you know, I don't know what I'm trying to say now, but we're hardwired as humans to be lazy. And that's not a bad thing because we conserve our energy to do other things. Um, so we've got to make things easy for people um, mm -hmm. so instead of just like beating people with a stick, you know, and and saying like, you're doing like, this wrong. Yeah, long, long standing habits and things. Exactly. Sometimes we just make, we need to make it easier for, for everyone else. Yeah. Um, and then, and then it's not, if it's not a choice people have to make and if it's just there, yeah. you know that's how it, so it's actually I, I very much believe it's not so much individuals on, we on need to consumer. convince but it's yeah yeah it's definitely I think it's the it's the it's businesses that we yeah. need to, and we need to help businesses um you know whether it's like helping small businesses um mm. pay a bit more for sustainable products or kind of encouraging bigger businesses to mm. it's really those huge businesses those huge kind of yeah. consumer goods businesses and things which are going to make the big difference yeah I think because I think as well like you know you you don't offer all vegan you know products and I think if you did do that you're cutting out a large chunk of people who yeah. who aren't that kind of demographic who are going to be hardcore vegans and so you're not going to get people to change and you're not going to get offer sustainable choices to more people because you're just cutting people out from the start and exactly that's... and you know if you maybe maybe it's that you used to eat meat five days a week but now you eat meat three days a week and two days a week you are kind of plant-based and I know a lot of people would say oh that's not good enough but it's better yeah definitely yeah <laughs> you know I think we should talk about basically like how you started and like and also well there's so many things I want to ask like how you start and like how has your background in in um you know your previous roles and things how that's influenced how you did it yeah I went about it and things so, so I can start about my background a bit um so it's not in food um and it's not in sustainability, which is why I'm sure I'm talking a lot of rubbish and I'm sure a lot no, of more intelligent not. people would say, <laughs> would be listening and be like, what is she saying? But um, my background is in um, social media, actually. So mm. um, my first ever role was um, an apprenticeship. So I left university um, before finishing. It just, just wasn't for me. Um, and I found this apprenticeship um, at this really exciting music PR company. And um, I actually just really wanted the job, but it was attached to like an apprenticeship. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do the apprenticeship. Um, mm. And that was amazing. And it was really insightful. It was very hard work, um, mm. but it was, it it was a great. It, so difficult doing an apprenticeship while working. Yeah, I mean, I think if I remember, it was a long time ago now, I'm showing my age, but um, I think it was that I did work in the office um, four days a week and then 
it was one day as like a study day where you could either go into the there was like a college you could go into or um just work from home um and obviously on the work from home days I did didn't didn't do it because I'm a terrible <laughs> I'm a terrible student and um, <laughs> so I remember when I came to the end of the apprenticeship I had completed all of the kind of workplace stuff and uh, above and beyond but I still had all of these incomplete modules um so this amazing shout out to Anna um, for coming and sitting with me in my office and spending eight hours with me, helping me answer all the questions and going through so I could complete my apprenticeship. She was like, so you've not done any of this in the whole year. I was like, I'm sorry, Anna, I haven't. Um, so that was my first first job and that was brilliant. And then after that, um, I went into another PR agency but within their, their their social media team. So that's where I made kind of a solid move into the social media space um, and was there for a few years. And that was that was really amazing. Um, and I learned a lot there, uh, working with all sorts of different clients in different sectors. And it's a, it was a great agency because they had all of these different departments. So technology, consumer, um, you name it, crisis management, all really exciting stuff. Um, and in the social team, we were able to kind of sit across all of it. Um, and that's where I learned about social media advertising, um, marketing, all of that stuff. And it was such an interesting time to go into that space because it was when it was really starting to pick up pace and in terms of, in terms of monetizing social and using it as a real tool to sell and also to, to reach lots of people. Um, and then, um, and then I left there and I applied for a job at another social media agency. And that's where I met my now fiance. So he was um, my boss for a while, which I know is like, oh. <laughs> I know a lot of people were like, oh my God. <laughs> um, so, and he, <laughs> it is risky territory. Um, do you know what? It just got so awkward that we're engaged now. So, <laughs> no I'm joking so we worked together um for a year and we didn't we didn't um start dating and um until about six months into our working relationship um but it was such a it was such an exciting time he was just setting up his um I think he was in the second year of his agency um and it's a social media agency which um specializes in wine brands so we were able to travel around a bit um and then then we were kind of like the the dynamic of boss an employee in a relationship was a little bit tough, um, as you can imagine, especially if, if someone as stubborn as me. So I decided to step away from that role. Um, I went back into an in-house social media role. Um, and then we went into lockdown and I think I had always missed working with him. So in my mind, I was like, if we could just get rid of that dynamic of, of me being a subordinate, I guess, um, because that's just never going to work for me in if we're in a relationship as well we could be more equal territory and co-founders together I didn't see a problem with that um mm -hmm. and I love working with him he's he's really inspiring he's such a hard worker um I learn a lot from him um and it's just really it sounds sounds a bit sad but it's just really fun being able to do everything together <laughs> yeah it's really nice I I don't know how I'd find it like doing everything with someone but yeah you know I guess you could you got to find a balance and you have <laughs> yeah exactly and, and and I must say that and it does sound pretty um pretty cheesy but obviously I mean 
the past year is a bit unique. We've all been in lockdown, so it has felt like we've been spending every second together. But as things start to open up again, we have quite different lives outside work. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully we don't just morph into one person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that sounds, I think that's important, isn't it? Like having separate interests, separate friends and, and not letting everything like kind of blur too much. <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. Yeah, completely. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. And we try sometimes I'll work from home whilst he is here in the office. And I think it's just things like that you can do to keep to keep a little bit separate. Mm-hmm. Um, Could you, you were know, saying, like, well, I haven't seen you all day. <laughs> yeah. Because you were saying like it might come across to some people. They might think, oh, you know, I couldn't work with, you know, the person I'm in a relationship with. Um, but you were saying it's it's actually, you know it's not it's not a bad thing it's it's not that hard yeah it's it can okay. it can be a great thing and um I won't lie like it, it does come with its own challenges um it means that we are almost always talking about um work because mm-hmm. um I think that happens when you have a startup anyway or a business of your own because mm-hmm. it is quite all-consuming but especially when both of you are doing it on the same project um there's always something to think about and talk about um and I do try and kind of um, shoot it down if it's sort of before 7am or after 9pm. But mm. sometimes you end up just, you know, someone has an idea or an exciting thought and um, yeah, you just get chatting. Um, but it must be exciting. Try and... It must it be is exciting, exciting having your own business, but I guess it must be hard for you to switch off sometimes. Yeah. And I think actually that just happens anyway. So in a sense, it's really nice to have someone in the same boat with you. And so you're not it's almost feeling guilty about talking about it all the time because you know the other person's equally excited mm-hmm. yeah yeah we're um, a little bit like that with this podcast really yeah exactly <laughs> there you go we just like talk about it 24 7 because it's yeah. a bit exciting no, it's lovely it? and you can like... bounce off each other I mean I think I really admire kind of solo founders I don't know I don't know how um I don't know whether I could do this on my own and that's not to say I don't you know I'm not saying that to kind of put myself down I just think it's um it it must be really tough to to be kind of navigating the unknown waters because it can be a little bit scary and it can be stressful and lonely and so having someone who you know has your best interests at heart and vice versa um kind of have your back and and help and you know if one of us is feeling stressed and overwhelmed the other person is generally able to sort of ground them and and it's just a nice way to do it Mm. so I wanted to ask a little bit about like the practicalities of how exactly you started you know like what what what's the nitty-gritty yeah yeah so actually we, we were talking about this um before and how um it, it quite often is that someone will speak to someone who started a business and they'll be like, oh yeah, so I had the idea. And then, you know, here we are five years later and you're like, but what, <laughs> how did you actually do yeah. it? Like what? And I was always really curious and, and struggling to find people talking about it and having thought about it myself, I think it's probably because it's, um, it's just a bit sort of, it's probably a bit boring. Um, it's not very glamorous is what I mean. So it, you know, Luckily, I had Leandro to help. So I'm, I would say in the team that we are, I am more creative minded. Um, and that's where my strengths lie. Um, and he's very good. He's creative too, but he's also very good at the kind of practical um, things, numbers. Um, mm. So when we first started, 
we started fleshing out the idea. Um, I remember the first real, what I would call it, business meeting we had. I got all of these stack of post-its because we had to come up with a name. And of course, until you have your name, you can't really go forward with anything because you can't um, create a logo. You can't um, register the business. You know, there's nothing you can do. So got a stack of post-it notes and we poured ourselves a glass of wine. And I was like, right, let's just write down all sorts of words that we want to associate with our brand and see if we can come up with something. And actually we, we really struggled um, to think of a name. Um, and I say this, and, th and this is what I mean. It's not, it's not particularly exciting um, this, but it's kind of the reality. And I've spoken to other people who have said that actually coming up with a name is the hardest part because you will come up with a couple of great ones and then you'll, you'll have a look and that business already exists and the, don the domain name doesn't, isn't available and you're like okay back to the drawing board and you've got mm. to think about social handles and all, all sorts of things and um but eventually we, we came across the the word um turkey which is an old a kind of old-fashioned word which isn't really used anymore to mean um to feel happy or to, to be I guess it's it sounds a bit like like chirpy if you're feeling mm. a bit chirpy it's kind of a similar word to that so we thought that fit really nicely with our brand ethos we wanted mm. to be the kind of brand that puts a smile on people's face so mm. we settled on that um nice. and then we were able to move forward so we registered the business um we contacted a graphic designer so I think we found somebody um it's just a simple google search and I, I sort of reached out to a few graphic designers um for quotes and then we went with a, a really great um graphic designer called dave jones and he created our, our logo for us and that was a really exciting milestone um and then it's sort of just 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 getting going i think there are lots of um obstacles which feel really overwhelming so for me um oh gosh there were so many things which i freaked out about i <laughs> i couldn't list them all off but you know i was like but how is it going to work? And, you know, we need to find, uh, we, we wanted to use reusable um, delivery bags so that we can then pick them up at the next delivery um, so that we reduce that single use um, element. Um, and so we had to find those and then find the trays for the actual meals that fit into those bags properly and that were, that were not plastic based. And, um, mm. and then of course, you know, when you're starting a food business, you have to develop a menu. But at that stage, we didn't have a chef yet. Um, and Leandra and I love food and I like cooking, but I would not call myself um, an excellent cook by any means. And certainly not someone who could come up and, you know, with a number of recipes which would work um, for the type of service we're offering. So they would have to be um, all cooked elements. So they could be put in the microwave. You can't have like half half a salad or things in there otherwise you'd have like a warm salad which is disgusting um mm -hmm. and uh so actually we I think this was really good advice maybe and it might help some people get over some of those hurdles it's just reaching out to friends so I have a, a really great friend Rose and she's a great cook and she's run um supper clubs before um and catering events so she's she's really um on it and she helped us develop the first 10 meals mm -hmm. because we needed to we couldn't wait for the chef because we needed to design the sleeves with the meal names and the design and send those off for printing and so there's all of these elements which feel a little bit chicken and egg mm -hmm. and that's where it can get a bit overwhelming because you think well I can't do this until I have this but I don't have this because I don't have that and, and you sort of try mm -hmm. you've got to try and find like what's that linchpin 
thing and and just kind of maybe every now and then you have to take a bit of a leap of faith reach out to friends um and actually in hindsight you know we probably could have just hired a we probably could have found our chef earlier and said you're not going to start working until November but in the meantime we'd like you to develop a, a menu but you know hindsight is a wonderful curve. thing and actually it is and actually mm. it was lovely having our friend Rose involved in the process as well so mm. actually on our menu we've got we've named one of our meals after her so we've got Rose's Aww. famous lamb cofters yeah oh, um, nice. <laughs> so um so yeah it's, it's a really nice way of doing it and I think I was surprised at how willing people are to help and how how open they are to to helping you out and and how supportive they are. Mm. Yeah, because I suppose like you know you it sounds like you were jumping a lot of hurdles and you were it was like a sort of steep climb upwards to get to where you are. But now you can look back and be like, I've achieved so much. Like I look at what you've done, I'm like, oh my god, you have you know you have such guts to be able to just do that yourself. Um, I think that's the main thing I think it you know when I look back I think really all, all it takes is just kind of I guess is it Cheryl Sandberg you know leaning in I'm not actually sure if that's what she means by that but it's kind of just like just pushing ahead regardless and I think getting used to that that sort of feeling of slight unease um, because mm-hmm. that's that's where your growth happens you know you you don't grow if you're comfortable and relaxed all the time you need to be to be outside of your comfort zone Mm -hmm. to make to make growth happen um which I suppose is what we did a lot a lot a lot and that builds resilience and it you know things go wrong you know don't don't get me wrong at all lots of things went wrong we've probably wasted you know a lot of money which we could have saved just just making kind of basic mistakes and, and learning um but at the end of the day, you get to where you need to be. And those are mistakes that you won't make mm. further down the line. Yeah. So it's, sometimes it's best to get those errors and learning um, elements out the way early. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's, it's really exciting. And I would say to anyone thinking about it to just, you know, just take those first few steps. And I'm very guilty sometimes of um, procrastinating on jobs, which I know are a little bit difficult, even if it's as simple as just, calling someone from a company about something that I don't know much about so you know calling a printing company and saying I'd like some some a quote for your sleeves and blah 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 seems so simple but sometimes that can be a real block because you think oh I don't know what to say and Mm -hmm. I don't really know what I'm talking about and you sort of feel like they're going to see through you and judge you but actually no no one is as hard on on you as you are on yourself yeah so like no you you know you don't go around judging people so why would someone go around judging you for asking a question yeah um so yeah so just true. ask questions and be um I think that's probably my ego doing that and getting in the way so it's about learning to be a bit more humble and sort of accepting that it's okay not to have the answer to everything and to ask for help um mm-hmm. as opposed to just getting stubborn and stuck in a rut yeah um so you're sort of six months in now is it yes so we're just six months now yes it's Mm. six months so how's Um, it how's it going and like and you know how how did you get all the customers and things like that is it you're quite busy now yeah yeah it's going well and actually today um on the day that we're recording is our our busiest ever what I would call a turkey day so that's really three days yeah um it's um it's very exciting it is growing so since we launched when we launched we just had the kitchen one day a week and we were just doing deliveries on a Sunday um and we were um hiring 
electric. So one of our sustainability elements is that we deliver all our meals in electric vehicles mm. um but since november we've actually bought our own electric vans that's really exciting oh. we've, called oh her, we've called her dolly so we've got <laughs> a, an electric van. we love her um and you know again that's a learning curve because with, it's not as simple as um a normal car because if you're halfway through a shift and you run out of charge you can't just um you know pop some you know stop at a petrol station and and fill her up you've got to make sure that that's all planned out and we've got enough charge on her to get across the whole of London mm-hmm. um so it's every day is like a new learning curve but yeah in the six months since we launched um lots of good things have happened we've doubled the size of our menu um we've extended our reach when we first launched we were just um doing zones one to four in London and now we're covering greater London and I'd really like to uh, expand nationwide at some point um mm. that would but be London's amazing and we've actually had sorry actually had a lady on um instagram twice now ask when we're going to be um coming to cheshire which is so nice <laughs> <laughs> another link back another link back to that part of the world so i'm like we've got to get there yeah, um, yeah. just for her <laughs> yeah <Got> to do <laughs> it. i think the next stage of world domination is the northwest <laughs> absolutely a hundred percent a hundred percent so um but London's a good place yeah. to start especially for food businesses I think because you know this it's just so densely populated and you can do that thing yeah. like you said start in zone one to four and branch out exactly I mean I would love to to be able to expand to a couple of cities um you know in the north maybe Leeds and Liverpool or Manchester and and because I think there's there would be such a big market there and I actually sometimes feel so the only reason we launched in London is because we're based in London. Mm. But I sometimes feel like it's great to launch services like these elsewhere too, because I think, especially in this country, we have this real like thing about London is the capital and like the centre of the world, but it's not. I mean, everyone's mm. like all over the place. So I and definitely want so... Turkey to be available to everyone. Mm. Um, but London's yeah, that's so another... different to the rest of the UK. Yeah. It's like its own it country. Is. It is, yeah, yeah. So I would love to see Turkey all over the place and in, in Scotland, in Wales, oh, right. in I can't Ireland, wait to everywhere. see it. I yeah. can't wait to see it everywhere. <laughs> it's going to be great. Um, Can I just say I can't believe that you started this in lockdown? Like, uh, for a lockdown project, it's just insane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know what it is? Once you commit to it and start making some commitments, proper ones, you kind of can't back out. <laughs> you're yeah. sort of like, you're like stuck on this, um, on this route towards, towards your goal. But that's great. And I think that's why when I say like, just get started, because then once you've done that, there's like no, no turning back. <laughs> yeah. So even if you panic and have like a second thought and you're like, oh God, you know, I've really taken on quite a lot here. It, it's okay. Cause you just have to keep going. It sounds it sounds like it's going really well so yeah like how did you find your customers then like I'm so interested in like you know just where where like how did you spread the word of Cherokee and and yeah so um social media is such a great tool um for new businesses I can't imagine how I can't imagine how you would grow a customer base you know say 50 years ago I think it would have been a completely different um a different kettle of fish but because I got a background in social marketing and I've been around marketing teams so been able to absorb um other for other areas of digital marketing um that was a, a really 
important skill for me to be able to transfer into the business. Um, and I'm so grateful for that. Um, so we've just done a lot of, of social media advertising, um, email marketing, and also friends, friends and family. So until I left my um, full-time job, which I was, I was kind of doing Turkey in the evenings and weekends and then doing my full-time job as usual, um, which I, I only left that, I think it was three weeks ago. So until then, I didn't really want to plug Turkey on my personal um, channels like LinkedIn and Instagram because I was slightly concerned that um, I didn't want my employer to think that I was not focused at work and um, mm. all sort of doing, which actually, you know, a couple of friends of mine said, well, it doesn't matter anyway, because if you were, if you were a yoga teacher on the weekends, no one would bat an eyelid, but I, mm. I was just a bit anxious about that. So I didn't say anything. And then once I had left there, I started plugging the business on um, LinkedIn and actually Ellie, that's how we connected through LinkedIn. Mm. Um, so, but yeah, what I'm getting at, sorry, in a really long winded way is plug yourself, you know, promote yourself, use your own networks as well. So make sure that you put your face to your brand if you've got a startup, because people really like that. And I think there's this feeling that you, you kind of want your business to look like really established and big. Um, but you, so you don't want to put your face on it and kind of make it too like homemade, but actually people really like to see the people behind the business. And whenever I share a picture of myself or Leandra on the pages, we always get much more engagement because I think people like to see that they're supporting a small business and that it's real people and not just some big conglomerate. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think mm-hmm. in terms of getting customers, that's a really nice organic way to do it. And then otherwise I would I would say our strongest kind of element has been the social media advertising and then our newsletter. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been really good to getting people kind of to get to know the brand. And, you know, because it, I think, especially with food, I know that personally, I wouldn't maybe buy um, a new brand straight away. You sort of need to time to warm up to the brand and Definitely. start to trust the brand a bit and then you recognize it. So it, it does take a little bit of time and I appreciate that. So um, email marketing is a really nice way to keep people up to date about what's going on and new releases. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it gets underestimated email marketing, but it's, it's a really strong tool. That's a really nice way to communicate with your with your customers mm-hmm. and potential customers as well. Yeah. But like, uh, cause I remember when I first was speaking to you on the phone, um, a while back and we and we were just chatting about how like powerful social media is for new businesses and new brands and and some of the most successful brands today are ones that have really harnessed the power of it and just really gone with it and because it's just so influential and like for example like we were talking about Bloom and Wild and how they've they put so much into the marketing and they've grown so much especially yeah. over the past year and like you're doing the same um it's incredible. I mean, there are some brands. Um, I don't know if you've heard about Wild, the the sustainable deodorant brand. I think I've seen um, it come up a couple of times. I've, I've yeah, and I, I think they only launched last year. I've actually ordered my first stick, so it's arriving soon. I'm very excited. Ooh, so it's kind of re, it's like a refillable. Yeah, I will. It's like a refillable deodorant stick. So, mm. and I think the it's like not got such harmful chemicals inside, no palm oil, things like that. Um, and of course, you're reducing the amount of plastic um and that that's a British company and I think um 
they only launched last year and that they're just huge. You know, I see them everywhere and I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of that is obviously sort of super smart marketing, um, but it just shows the power of social and the kind of trend setting in that, in that area. It's, it's really amazing. So if you can just harness some of that energy, it's a, it's a really great way to connect with people. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just, it's like I was saying to you, I can't imagine how you would, how you would do it without social. Yeah. Um, I think as well like big brands now are starting to catch wind of it and be like oh we need to really be on this um but like yeah smaller you know more entrepreneurial brands might um and businesses are already on it and you know yes and how... I think it's actually it's it's like a, a small win for smaller brands um or brands with a kind of more maybe whether it's like a socially responsible um promise or a sustainable promise um I think people are just more likely to engage with brands like that. Um, mm. I think that's kind of one area where the big brands don't have um, perhaps the authenticity that a small business would have or even individuals mm. promoting their businesses. So, you know, Instagram's a real space for like entrepreneurs to promote their stuff. And, you know, with mm. that comes some of that, some of that kind of toxic positivity we were yeah. talking about. Yeah. I don't I, I don't like saying toxic positivity because I'm a really positive person. I'm sure some people just want to slap me around the face sometimes. <laughs> but um, I think it's that kind of um, like that hustle culture um, where it's like, you know, if you're, if you're not doing, if you're not working, you should be working. It's kind of always, always mm-hmm. showing yourself working nonstop. I think there's a balance. Um, I think it's like, I, I do it, so I'm guilty of it, um, but I, I like to think that I don't kind of overdo it where I'm sort of every single morning, like, putting the timestamp of, like, it's 5 a.m. and I'm about yeah. to jump in my freezing cold Wim Hof shower and then I'm going to, you know, it's like, it's like all of those things in one and you can almost write, like, you could almost write, like, the diary of, of that kind of person um, just through Instagram stories yeah. and kind of, because it's so consistent across so many different people, so it's that super early morning start um you know zero caffeine probably going to do a workout having a cold shower um what else is there there's just so many things probably like I'm guilty of this taking a probiotic but you know I <laughs> roll into one and you know they're all good things they're all things which you know they're good for you and if they make you feel great good but I think sometimes the intention is not necessarily to just share yourself but it's kind of a way to feel superior to other people and think mm. like and you that, know that but I think culture online it's just makes people feel yeah it, can be, it does and I think it can be quite damaging and I think it can lead to just people generally feeling a bit burnt out a bit disillusioned or just kind of over it and I think that can just lead to you like falling out of love with your career or mm. you know there's a reason that it's called like a nine to five you know you shouldn't be expected if it's not if it's your business it's a little bit different but you know everyone needs life mm-hmm. we you know everyone needs a life everyone needs a holiday okay we've all been robbed of holidays for quite a while now but hopefully we'll be back to being able to take a break I think that's not helped I think I think the pandemic has been really tough for a lot of people because we've been stuck at home and working from home and quite often working from small flats or you know um not having a lot of outdoor space or space to, to you you know, it's easy to say, oh, well, when you're working from home, make sure that you have a separate space for work and a separate space for relaxing. And it's like, well, that's great if you've got a nice big house. But for a lot of people, that's not possible. No outdoor space and whatever. And I think that's really blurred the line. So instead of kind of at 5.30, 6 o'clock, 6.30, packing up your computer, turning it off, um, 
and just leaving the office and whether that's just to go home and relax to go to the gym or to go for a drink with friends that's just not an option anymore and so you kind of finish work and you sort of sheepishly like close your computer and then just sort of sit there yeah I'm done what do I do now and the temptation is to reopen it because you're a bit bored and you've watched everything on Netflix and there's nothing left to do and so it's like maybe I'll just go through some more emails and the next thing you know you're working you know really really long hours but um, especially if you're employed and doing that you're not getting paid more to do that you're just doing all of this free labor mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so it's safe to say that we're all foodies um here what yes. are our favorite meals like our last meal that we could ever eat on earth what would it be oh that's such a good question and such a hard question <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I'm gonna have to like cheat a little bit and just sort of include a few things in one but probably some kind of like Italian antipasti like spread with like lots of fresh tomatoes and mozzarella and hams and um maybe some like calamari or I don't know just like a whole smorgasbord <laughs> of Italian like antipasti and bread I just love bread and I will never ever give up carbs I'm <laughs> bread queen absolutely love bread as well <laughs> yeah. every time like, I've, gone, I've gone carb free I, I literally look at them like they've grown an extra head I'm like unless you have a good medical reason not to eat, eat it what are you doing to yourself you're just depriving yourself <laughs> one of life's greatest joys <laughs> oh, yeah I don't I don't Ellie, what, would you what about be? you guys I want to know yours oh my god I don't know <laughs> 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 Do you know what? I'll go then while you're thinking. <laughs> mine's mine's not very like lifestyleish. It's literally just burger and chips. But I love oh, yeah. <laughs> I love like a pub burger and like pub chips. I just think it's so nice. It's with like cheese, food. with like cheese and bacon, or just plain oh, yeah. hamburger. Like yeah. I'm vegan now, but let's just forget that because this is the last meal. Oh, I'm are there. you? Oh, we're going we're like going torture. for like bacon double cheeseburger at the pub. <laughs> <laughs> That's my last meal on earth. Fair <laughs> enough. I think you deserve it, especially if you've gone fully vegan. You can treat yourself yeah. to a meaty burger. Yeah. <laughs> Some what food do I love? I don't know. I, I know what I love. I love like Middle Eastern food, you know, like oh, Ottolenghi nice. stuff. Um, and I love cooking like Ottolenghi recipes. So I would have a three course meal from Ottolenghi's um, book, Plenty. It's really good. Uh, it's very like, there's a lot of veg in there um lovely his recipes are just gorgeous yeah yeah they're really nice and like I just love that like sort of yeah just middle eastern sort of flavors are really nice and there's so many beautiful ingredients and textures and spices Mm. yeah you're right that's a great that's a great shout yeah and I would have like um for a starter he has the he has this recipe that I've done a couple of times now and it's like mushrooms with like um some dried tomatoes and things and like melted cheese on top and then for mm. main, um, I'd have like um, I'd just have like a couscousy dish that he makes, um, and then for dessert, I'd have this thing that I have made a few times for my family, and they say it's like the best dessert they've ever had, um, and it's Ottolenghi's rhubarb galette, um, and mm. we only have it around this time of year when rhubarb's in season, so I was making it loads last lockdown. I mean, last uh, March when it was the first lockdown. 
they absolutely love it and it's like the best um it's the best dessert they've ever tasted and it's like this galette with like rhubarb and blueberries in but we use we use we use frozen blueberries because blueberries are out of season but um yeah it's really nice so yeah that sounds delicious you've just made my mouth water <laughs> i love that i love that you like couldn't find anything at all and then you were so specific actually <laughs> your three course meal is gonna be <laughs> <laughs> I started going on about the ingredients that are in it. <laughs> oh. We got. Is anyone else got a quick fire question that they want to get out? <laughs> I'd like to ask. Um, what is your favourite meal that you make for turkey? Okay, really good question. So. I'm going to choose two different ones to, depending on like a mood because you know you like different meals in a different mood so for like a, a weekday healthy dinner I tend to have my turkeys for dinner so Leander actually has his for lunch at work but I prefer like a lighter lunch and then I prefer having a bigger meal for my for my oh I'm saying dinner I mean supper um <laughs> and um so yeah, the, the miso glazed tofu is my mm. absolute fave. It's that so nice. Really and nice. the, yeah, the, the, he uses extra firm tofu. So it's got a really good texture and the miso gets all like kind of caramelized on the edges of the tofu. Oh, and nice. it's just got this really nice like rice with mixed vegetables in it. But it's not like, I sometimes find that kind of vegetable rice can be quite greasy, but it's not like a stir fried rice. It's more just like mixed together with really nice like quite al dente vegetables and they're not all soggy or anything it just tastes it tastes absolutely delicious my mouth is watering mm. um it's making me want then, to live in london so i can get yeah, it <laughs> same <laughs> and then my uh, and that's a vegan dish and then my other one which is not vegan but there is a vegan version of it um is our meaty mac and cheese so it's just it's mac and cheese which is topped with this really tender slow cooked um beef brisket which is like super juicy and amazing and it's like it's a bit more of a treat I guess you know you wouldn't want to eat that every single day although you could if you wanted to I'm not going to judge um but it's completely delicious and I normally get one of those a week and have it on Sunday evening I'm such a creature of habit so I order the same meals every week two of the tofu and two of there's this vegan um bean chili which I love as well and I pretty much eat like the same four meals every week every evening um nice. <laughs> I think when, I think a lot of people are like that I don't think I'm alone in that but yeah I just I just like it's comforting to know what you're coming home to and sometimes I just get a bit thrown off if there's something too like exciting in there I'm like I can't deal with this <laughs> just give me what I'm used to <laughs> Do you um, get like choice paralysis as well? Like if there's like loads of options, they're like, what? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I actually think like, sorry to keep plugging it, but I think that's what's really nice about Turkey is you kind of, you, you decide, because sometimes I will go to the supermarket, buy lots of ingredients for different things and like know what I'm buying them for. But then when I'm like, I get very hangry and I can't do anything. I'm like paralyzed and I can't do anything. And I turn into a horrible person and I open the fridge and there's all these ingredients. And I'm just like, I've forgotten what to do with these. Like I'm too hungry to even think about it. And there's too much choice. And do I want this or that? And sometimes you just want someone to like hand you something that's ready to go. You just like, heat it up in three and a half minutes and you're like that's it I, I don't have to think about this too much thanks for talking to us Millie it was so lovely and um, to have you on and I feel like I've got so much insight into how someone has started a business during lockdown and 
and like you know managed to make such a success of it thank you guys so much it's been such a pleasure it's been lovely chatting to you both it's been amazing thanks for coming <laughs> hi <laughs> so Sometimes. where can people find you oh yeah um so um if you're based in london um you want to get some turkey it's um eatturkey.com and then all of our social handles are at eatturkey um and yeah give us a try and sam where can people find us so you can find us at sam and ellie pod on instagram and twitter or you can join our facebook group the group discuss things thanks (laughs) for listening